0: Medicare for all sounds like a good idea. At least I think many of the presidential candidates, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Tulsi Gabbard, Beto O'Rourke, who just announced this candidacy, very charismatic guy, he might win. Andrew Yang, who I'm debating at the Soho Forum on the 9th of September in New York. And why shouldn't America have universal coverage. I mean, why wouldn't I want that for you? We've got it here in the UK. We episode, welcome to episode 124 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me, Anthony Samaroff. So, the US does indeed spend more on medical care per capita than any other country in the world. Um, but despite claims that America's system is the polar opposite of what we have here in the UK. Actually, 50% of government spending and 50% of the spending on healthcare in the USA is actually spent by the government. So what is the government spending it on? Well, two programs, mainly. There might be some other things, but broadly, Medicaid and Medicare. Medicare we're talking about Medicare for all. Medicaid is is aimed at helping people with limited income and resources with medical costs. And Medicare Medicare is the federal health insurance program, which is primarily for people of over 65 years or older. But it also covers certain younger people with disabilities or people with permanent kidney failure requiring dialysis or a transplant we're going to be hearing a lot about medicare for all over the next few months with the election looming so the what i want to say about these programs is they're aimed to be welfare programs but they don't actually give any money to the poor what they do is the government pays health care providers to treat the poor private health care providers And as such, the programs are basically extraordinarily open to corruption. Uh, For one thing, they create no incentive whatsoever for service providers to keep the costs of providing services down. Um, or to innovate, to to find ways to to make things cheaper, because at the end of the day, they're the one receiving the check, whether it's for medication or for treatment. So in one of the worst examples of this, in 2014, Gilead scientists, Sciences introduced a cure for hepatitis C named Solvade and decided to market it at the price of $1,000 per pill. Now, let's face it. You go to your customers and say, would you like this cure? It's going to cost $1,000 per pill. They'll go, "Um, no thanks, we can't afford it. But they knew that the government would be paying for a large amount of this and sometimes private health insurers. So the cost of treating every American infected with a disease would have been $268 billion, which is about what the US government spends on healthcare every year. Uh, sorry, not on healthcare, on medications every year. So they budgeted about $1.3 billion to pay for the drug. But when faced with a rationing, the hepatitis C sufferers basically tried to sue the government, saying, where well, we should be entitled to this. And they demanded that the government paid $1,000 per pill to treat them. And sadly, this isn't an isolated incident. I got a great book called Overcharged, um, why Americans Pay Too Much from Healthcare. One of the authors at the Cato Institute sent me a copy because he knew I'm researching a book on healthcare myself. That was um, uh, Silver and Hyman are the authors. It was very kind of them to send me a copy. And they cite tons of examples of pharmaceutical companies taking advantage of the fact that they know that the government is going to pay for healthcare. So one thing is that it's going to create absurd prices when the people who are receiving the care are not the same as the people, saving, um, uh, people paying for the care, and they expect to be treated. They, they are entitled to be treated. They've been told they're going to be treated if they have a problem. So the second thing is governments, as well as private insurance companies in the USA, end up paying huge sums for huge numbers of completely unnecessary treatment. I mean, uh, Bloomberg News reported on one example that 2.4 billion a year was wasted on procedures to insert 200,000 unnecessary stents. A study in JAMA Internal Medicine, a very um, prestigious journal, medical journal, Reported that as many as 42% of Medicare patients were sub- subjected to procedures provided, providing little, if any, medical benefit that cost the taxpayer up to 8.5 billion. So, one, companies can charge absurd amounts for healthcare. Two, they can charge for unnecessary treatments. And the the thing is, the Patients don't really have the necessarily have the know-how or be able to shop around to say well, actually, you know There's something there's something cheaper than that Um So another thing is the number of unnecessary checks tests and procedures that go on Because of Medicare and private insurance is like extra you will not believe the figures that I'm about to tell you right now so and um, this is like you come in for to the hospital because you're ill with something or the other and they go, well, we'll get this test, that test and the other test done just in case. And you go, well, yeah, because I don't want to die. So you do all the tests you want. Go for it. The Institute of Medicine estimates that around 200 billion dollars is wasted a year on unnecessary tests. And this is probably a conservative estimate because another study conducted by the Center for Evaluative Sciences puts the figure at four times that much, at maybe $800 billion a year. So I mean, whoa, this this is costing not just money but lives, right? So you're going to take up a program that encourages absurd prices, unnecessary treatments, and tests. And you're going to go. Well, do you know what? Just giving this to old people isn't enough. We're going to we're going to we're going to broaden out this program to absolutely everyone. So um, I guess I was wanting to create a presentation that if Medicare for All comes up on Fe- in a Facebook debate, you can post this as a comment to bring some facts to the situation. Now, another thing is, the system is incredibly open to fraud. It, according to the government's own figures, fraud accounts for ten percent over a hundred billion dollars a year of the money it pays out on healthcare. But a lot of critics say it's way, way more than that. Now, not long ago, Stefan Molyneux interviewed a whistleblower. For uh, uh was well, Stefan Molyneux interviewed a whistleblower that worked for the Medicare fraud? Supervisor. They're part of Medicare, but they're meant to police Medicare. I really strongly recommend that presentation because he goes into so much more depth than I could of the kind of fraud. I'm just going to give one example. Hello to Andrew Hodgkinson who's watching live. Yes, if you've got any comments or questions, um, he just asked if he could make one. Please do. I'll, I'll see if I can answer for you. If not, I'll see if I can point you to where you might get it answered. So one example of how they create fraud is is something called upcoding, which is when the hospital or the private insurer just basically bill the government for a far more expensive or just more expensive procedure than the one that's necessarily administered. And it's estimated that upcoding alone costs Medicaid over two billion annually. Now, when we're I guess that sounds a lot to me, but compared to the two hundred to eight hundred billion for unnecessary tests the the figures just start to sound they just start to sort of all merge into a one big amorphous blob um one of the things as you could uh, is that basically what what i what i mean to say is fundamentally that because the money never actually enters the hands of service users, they are, first of all, they're bound to take advantage of as many services as possible because no one wants to put their health on the line, even though some procedures can actually risk people's lives or put them in risk of of damaging of damaging themselves. There is the perception that more is better, especially when it comes to our health. Um, another thing is consumers themselves like, the the hospitals can direct their users to more expensive treatments when cheaper treatments will do but even giving the choice there is the perception that a cheaper service is necessarily a worse service and no one will want to take a risk with their health or very few people would but that's not really the point because even if medicare users wanted to shop around for the best service at the best price they wouldn't necessarily be able to because they don't see any of the money right um as a consequence of this at the moment medicaid pays out six thousand five hundred dollars a year on average per enrollee now Let's just do a thought experiment here that the libertarians well we' all most of the people who listen to this are libertarians and um, this is not an I'm not saying this is an ideal solution, so don't get the helico- don't get the helicopter out yet, Pinochet right I'm just saying let's suppose instead of paying six thousand five hundred dollars per recipient to medical providers, the government just put five hundred dollars a month into a tax-free healthcare fund for anyone who's eligible for medicare or medicaid at the moment right now recipients of the healthcare program can spend that fund on medication if they need it they can spend it on procedures if they need it if they need it they can spend they if they can justify it they don't want lots of care they're at the end of their life and they just want to go and live their last week or two on the beach, then they could they could pay for a flight out to Hawaii, right? Okay, but um, but or if they if they could if they could submit documentation saying, look, I can fly out to Israel and get this procedure done cheaper from a top doctor, or I could fly to um, Bangalore in India and get this heart operation done there in a top hospital. Um, for less than it would cost in America, they could withdraw money from the fund and go over there as long as they could demonstrate that this this is this is what they were paying for. That would cre- create an incredible pressure upon healthcare providers, private healthcare providers, to bring down the costs because they were actually competing for the healthcare fund dollars now uh, as a incentive for people not to continue to spend that fund on as many services as possible um, they wouldn't be allowed to withdraw the fund to spend it on themselves for example obviously they can only spend it on healthcare so yeah they might buy procedures that they wouldn't otherwise you'd think but what you can do as an incentive is any interest gained on the tax-free account they can withdraw so if you don't spend all your healthcare funds, then you will get extra pocket money in terms of the interest on it, right? This this that would create the incentive to shop around for good value healthcare. Now, this system obviously is far from perfect. In an ideal world, I wouldn't choose it. Um, it would still create an incentive for a lot of people to stay poor or even become poor so that they would be eligible for a healthcare fund. Secondly, in some cases people might collude with their doctor and say well why don't you put this this procedure costs two thousand dollars but why don't you put it through as three thousand dollars i'll take four hundred dollars you take six hundred dollars we're both happy do you know what i mean whatever it is you you give me you give me some money back in cash and that that fraud would happen sometimes it would provoke Other unforeseen problems, I'm sure you guys can comment on YouTube telling me the other problems that this would cause. But even so, it would still be much better than the current Medicare and Medicaid programs because it forces healthcare providers to actually have to bring the prices down. Now, a lot of you will have heard of the Surgery Center Oklahoma. A lot, uh, It's if not, it's worth looking up. Because Dr. Keith Smith, who founded it, he specializes in providing cheap over the, pay over the counter services to people who require surgery. And he publishes the costs of all of the procedures on his website. And a lot of them are maybe a 10th or a fifth of what people usually charge in other commercial hospitals or will be charging the government for exactly the same procedures. Now, the interesting thing is, he reported that one patient looked up their website and phoned him up and said, "I'm interested in coming to this because, you know, my hospital was going to charge me forty thousand for it, but you're only charging three thousand six hundred for it." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll book you in, etc." But this patient went to their hospital, printed out the price from Google and printed out the price of a flight, which was about $400. The total cost of flight and treatment would have amounted to about $4,000 and something. And the their local hospital agreed to match that price, the, the price of the procedure plus ticket. So the patient phoned up Dr Keith Smith and said, I feel a bit embarrassed because you've just basically saved me $36,000. I'm not even going to get treated in your hospital. And Dr. Keith said, don't you worry, that story right there is worth way more than $36,000 to us. And right enough, it's been covered in the news. So in some cases, people can just print off the competing price of service and bring it into their hospital and their hospital will will have to match it. Now, that will not, happen so long as the government is paying health care providers directly so i've proposed a moderate solution for the non-libertarians that uh, that would still be a step in the right direction now if we take this idea of a healthcare care fund seriously in fact we'll circle back to it uh, we'll circle back to it because what i want to say is that the american system <coughs> It's basically designed to ensure that as little health care as possible is bought over the counter. I can do another video if you want on the role of private health insurers of beefing up the price of healthcare. I can't cover everything in one podcast, and I don't want to cover everything in one podcast because it's too broad. But I am researching a book on this. So I could do a series of three, four on this, depending on how many hits this gets, essentially. right. But this should help you out with your Facebook friends who are wrong about healthcare. So, the so the point is to stop as much healthcare as be possible from being bought over the healthcare. It's almost always insurers or the government that pays for everything. So, so the people who want to institute Medicare for all really don't actually understand how dangerous the proposal is because it basically it basically turns the government it institutionalized the government as a vassal of the private health cartel so so um There's a private health cartel of only a few companies are able to provide services. In many states, if someone wants to build a hospital, they have to go in front of a board to justify the need for that hospital. And some of the people in that hospital will be people from the existing commercial hospital in the area who, frankly, need the competition like a hole in the head. There's a third video in the series would be on basically the restrictions to the supply of healthcare in America. So the, if we look at recent history, so between 2000 and 2010, both the percentage and number, and I have to say that because the population of America increased, the percentage and number of people on private insurance fell, leaving 50 million uninsured. Now, that's shocking, appalling. The newspapers, oh my god, we have so many people uninsured but the thing is spending on healthcare went down employer provided coverage became less generous and people were beginning to pay more for healthcare out of pocket and as consumers they were more cautious about where and when they would spend their money so just as this effect started to step in and healthcare and healthcare providers Began to have to lower their price because more people were buying over the counter. Obamacare came along and Obama imagined, uh, predicted that it would save $2,500 per family per year. But actually, what it did was just force a bunch of people who didn't have health care to buy it whether they wanted it or not and it had the opposite effect because between 2008 and two, 2015 spending on medicaid grew by 43 percent and to 168.2 billion i know these figures can get really meaningless overall spending reached 3.4 trillion in 2016 and that That's like more than 10K per person. So it had the opposite effect from that desire, desired. It made healthcare more expensive, not less expensive. And it forced everyone to be insured. Now, that might sound good to some people. But the problem with that is young people are paying for all of this insurance for old people who are much more rich than them. I've got some figures in that. Um, I know this is a figure-heavy presentation. It's probably more interesting in podcast form than for those of you watching but i, I appreciate those who, of you who are watching live so if we look at the figures behind that dang, it's harder than i thought yeah okay so if you look at In 2003, the median net worth of a family headed by a person ages 35 to 44 was $46,700, while people ages 65 to 74 have a median worth of $232,000, almost five times as much. Young people are more likely than the elderly to live in poverty. So some young people might just choose not to pay into Obamacare, and then they can get fined, but oftentimes the fines are less than what Obamacare would be making them pay for insurance, right? So where were we? You're very patient. It's hard to do these shows on my own. So basically, another problem with it is if someone requires like $5 million a year in health care, they're entitled to that right so this is a tricky one like ethically because you go well what about people with pre-existing conditions and it's so sh- sad but the thing is under the system you create the incentive for the corporations to to charge as much as they want to for procedures you don't put the corporations in the position of having to find ways to bring prices down so that they can serve everyone. For example, you know, Standard Oil bringing the price of oil down, uh, John D. Rockefeller became the richest person in the world, the first ever billionaire, by bringing the price of oil down. Henry Ford, by automating the automobile production, made cars cheaper than ever before. And made them a feel affordable to everyone, and that's how he became so rich. So people think that you know capitalists can only become rich by charging as much as possible. That's true if you have a captive market, if you can force people to pay. But um, all other things being equal, your best way of becoming rich is to serve as many people as possible. And and this is this is one of the, this is one of the problems with this. So they conclude basically what i've been saying which is that when medicare when, when med when medicare medical care is free at the point of entry right and um, it encourages people to use treatments that are ineffective harmful and wasteful and to rely on intense medical treatments uh, where less intense ones will do and possibly discourages people to of taking care of their health in the short term so So let's go back to the idea of the alternative of the government putting $500 a month in a healthcare fund for people um, as a transitionary measure so that people have the incentive to shop around for the best deal. Um, And that kind of marries the free market ideal of not socializing the entire healthcare system, but also creating competition to keep prices down and innovation high with the sort of socialist or progressive, let's say, desire for universal coverage. It's not a final solution, but it would deal with a lot of the problems, right? So in a small number of cases, people would still have such desperate medical needs that they're healthcare fund could run out, right? So that's that those circumstances they've got lots of options. They can negotiate with their healthcare providers for a reduction. They can agree to pay any additional costs off over the following months or years from their healthcare fund. And um, as it as it continues to be replenished, and um, they can undergo treatment in a medical school or a charity hospital for free or for a reduced fee so that students can learn from the person doing the, the procedure on them. They can make appeals to charity um, that were set, charities that will be set up to help people in that predicament, um, you know, crowdfunding, etc. Right. Now an an option is that they can receive a voluntary transfer from some the healthcare fund of friends or family. I don't know if this makes the system too open to corruption. I'm just floating it out as a as an idea. Um, so Anyway, a little bit of money would be going a lot further under the new healthcare system because of the competition. And I thought one thing you could do is you could join a voluntary organisation to pool resources in case of emergency. So if someone exceeds their healthcare fund by like $3,000, rather than receive the money out of a family or friend member... They maybe get $1 from the healthcare fund of 3,000 other members, and then they can pay that back into the healthcare fund over six months. And the networks, these would be networks, so they'd have the additional benefit of people being able to share information about where you can get what procedure for what price. And the And they could block bargain together to save money and that would create community and there could be practitioners, medical practitioners that were part of those networks and they could offer services, offer to treat people for services in kind, for example. Oh, well, you know, someone from the network comes over and fixes my shelves or, you know, whatever it is. Right. So, so I wanted to mention the thing about um, flying abroad. So a hysterect, Here's some some examples. A hysterectomy that's likely to cost thirty-two thousand dollars in the United States, but can be had for only four thousand dollars in Thailand. Right? A kidney transplant can go for one hundred fifty thousand dollars in the United States, but can cost twenty-five thousand dollars in the Philippines. And in vitro fertilization might cost twenty thousand dollars around in in the the u.s but can be like three thousand five hundred dollars in israel so another as i mentioned another idea for the medical fund is get people if necessary you can fly people out the country with these monies now the obvious uh turnaround from the libertarian perspective is wouldn't it really be great if people just created these healthcare funds voluntarily but um uh without the government doing it banded together to create these networks and the current um the current system in the usa does not encourage that um that at all Uh, these kinds of friendly societies used to be common in the uk not necessarily for healthcare, but welfare needs in general before the introduction of the the any the welfare state and the nhs in the uk they don't exist anymore because there's no reason for them to exist and if the government medical fun sounds to status for you it is um to to many of us i just want to mention that singapore is one of the nations in the world with the most one of the the most free market economies in the world and it has a very private healthcare system but it has these medisave accounts that are similar to what i'm talking about i don't know about the transferableness and stuff like that probably not but residents they're basically obligatory um, insurance so it's it's pretty paternalistic and authoritarian from a libertarian perspective but it's interesting to know that they are one of the most free market companies in the world and they were voted the second out of 166 countries by the economists for healthcare care outcomes and the most efficient in the world by bloomberg in 2014 and the fourth healthiest healthiest country in the world by the Bloomberg Global Health Index. But what, what I mean by the healthcare fund example is just to say that even if the government just gave people $6,500 a year to spend on healthcare, that would be better than Medicare for All. Medicare for All would be an absolute and utter disaster. And people campaigning for it don't realize how dangerous it is and what it's going to do for their healthcare system. Basically, um, some people already consider it to be bankrupt. So most people who are campaigning to reduce the pernicious influence of government and health insurance companies in the American healthcare system say that insurance should just be for catastrophic coverage for things that are rare and unpredictable. Things that are predictable but costly, you can save up for, I guess you can get insurance for that's old age you you save for it things that are um unpredictable and not very costly well you know that's fine they're not very costly and say, same things for things that are predictable and 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 not very costly you know but things that are unpredictable and costly you can get insurance for that and the insurance company can charge you more or less depending on your habits if if you eat healthy if you take exercise but, having insurance for everything and anything well we can we can talk about that in another video. I just want like what there was a, one example of a patient that went to a dermatologist and asked for a treatment, and they were told that it was a fifteen to twenty minute procedure that would be done by the dermatologist's assistant, and they charge. Seven hundred dollars to his insurance company for it, and they mentioned that to a friend, and he said, "Well, why don't you just ask this guy? He he does over the counter, and and that guy offered to do the same exact procedure for fifty dollars. So this is this is what you can expect when the person re- receiving the care does not have skin in the game when it comes to price. So these are the kinds of ineffic- inefficiencies that the the cost of healthcare in the U.S. will just continue to go up and up and up until people realize that putting a mediator in between who pays in between you and your health care and the person giving you health care creates perverse incentives so let me know what you thought of this one i know it's fact heavy and a lot more academic than most episodes of the show but at least it's nice and short Thank you to everyone who tuned in and see until next time. Be libertarians. Don't be a lefty or a righty.